Truth Be Told, the weekly broadcast brought to you by Brother Edwards, the mail carrier for the Lord. I am the preacher, the evangelist for the church with no walls. You are the church. You contain God's spirit, those of you who have been baptized and born again. His spirit lives in you. Upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against him. We are going to be in the, uh, looking at Matthew chapter 5. Uh, now we'll look at verse 3. Verse 3, poor in spirit. We're looking at the Beatitudes for a little while. Uh, Beatitudes, uh, the, in my opinion, are the prereq before we can learn how to be, uh, before we can become the salt and the light of the earth. Uh, we have to uh, adapt the Beatitudes into our lives. Uh, and just for our hearing after our prayer, we will uh, read those and then we will get into verse 3. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for blessing us with the freedom to study your word, a freedom to speak your word, a freedom to praise you, a freedom to openly and, uh, and, and energetically uh, proclaim your name as supreme being, uh, to look to the heavens and know that there's hope there, to, to find hope here in a time of hopelessness. We are, are so grateful that you have chosen us, the small remnant that we are, to be your children. Uh, continue to give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of uh, how the kingdom operates and uh, what you want us to do uh, while we're here, and that is to make disciples out of men and women. Thank you so much, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. So as I said, just for our hearing, let's look at the Beatitudes because, I, again, I said, you know, before you can become the salt and the light, you got to adopt these. The Bible says, blessed are the poor in what? In spirit, which is the one that we're going to cover. Uh, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And he goes on to say, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do long, uh, hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. And, and after that, then he begins teaching about salt and light, teaching about the law, and teaching about anger, teaching about divorce, and so forth and so on. But if you notice, he preached a sermon. How will they hear unless they be taught? How can they be taught unless they have a preacher? You got a preacher in Jesus. And he told you what to do. And now, just for a, a little bit more assurance in this thing, let's see. Blessed, uh, we, we, blessed means, <clears throat> the word blessed, makarios, spiritual joy and satisfaction that lasts regardless of condition, that carries one through pain, sorrow, loss, and grief. So to be blessed is what we seek. The problem is that we seek it in the things of the earth instead of the things of heaven. 
example, we seek position, we seek money, we seek fame, we seek power, we seek sensual pleasures. And when we get those things, we consider ourselves blessed. But again, blessed is spiritual joy and satisfaction that lasts regardless of conditions that carries one through pain, sorrow, loss, and grief. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Matthew chapter 6, 19 and 21. So now let's go back to verse 3. And it tells us that blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. To acknowledge spiritual poverty, is it is poverty, absolute and abject poverty of spirit. It is being destitute and conspicuously poor in spirit, okay? Notice there's several significant facts that uh, about poor in spirit. Being poor in spirit does not mean that a man must uh, be poverty-stricken. You must be poor. You know, you must uh, be hungry or nakedness or live in the slums or, and not pleasing to God. Uh, especially when we have so much uh, in this world, we have uh, so much. And if we would just share, it'd be enough to go around. Christ is not talking about material poverty, brothers and sisters, friends uh, and family members. He means what he says, poor in spirit. Being poor in spirit means, listen, to acknowledge our utter helplessness before God, our spiritual poverty, our spiritual need. We are solely dependent upon God to meet our need, to acknowledge our utter lack in facing life and eternity apart from God, to acknowledge that the real blessings of life and eternity come only from a right relationship with God, to acknowledge our utter lack of superiority before all others and our spiritual deadness before God. To acknowledge that we are no no better, no richer, no more superior than the next person, no matter what we have achieved in this world, fame, fortune, or power. Our attitude toward others is not proud and haughty, not superior and overbearing. To be poor in spirit means acknowledging that every human being is a real person just like everyone else. You're no better, no worse. All have seen and come short of the glory of God. So a person who has a significant contribution to make to society and to the world would be those of us who are. See, you're going to you, you can make that contribution because you don't look at yourself more highly than you do. And you want to be fair with everybody. You're poor in spirit. You, you acknowledge that God is is is, is I'm helpless without him. Uh, and, and if I'm helpless without him, then I can't rise above anybody else because we're all in the same boat. We're all helpless without God. And that's why he tells us don't look at ourselves more highly than we ought to. We're supposed to look lift our brothers and sisters up. We're supposed to take we're supposed to care more about the issues in your life than we do our own. And if we each one of us done that did that, then we would all be covered. But the problem is we we don't. 
we don't we think about being poor as being without you know the necessities of life do you really believe that god would allow you to go without the things that you need in order to uh, do the mission he took a group of people across the desert for 40 years and no one got sick the only problem they had was disobedience the same one that we that the same thing that we have uh, going on wrong in our lives they had too the opposite of being poor in spirit is having a spirit that is full of self there is a world of difference between uh, these two spirits. There is a difference of thinking that we are righteous versus acknowledging that we need the righteousness of Christ. There is the difference of being self-righteous versus being given the righteousness of Christ. Self-righteousness goes no further than self, that is, it goes no further than death. Self dies and everything with self, including all self-righteousness, it dies. But the righteousness that is of Christ lives forever, okay? It lives forever. So in, in Romans chapter 3, 21 through 22, righteousness, righteousness is now revealed, okay? That's what they talk about over there. But it, God has now revealed how man is to get right with him. He's told you how to get right with him. How do you get right with how? God through his son. It is no longer a mystery how that you can become justified, okay? How you are counted righteous, even though you are guilty. You have to accept our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's how you do it. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference, okay? There is no difference, okay? You can't. You, you, I'm not better than anyone else. Poor, the poor in spirit, they are weary and burdened for the world. They know the truth of this world and of eternity. Therefore, they have set their faces to do their part for both. They are weary of the deceptive appearances and enticements of this world. They have learned that all is vanity. Everything is vanity. And all is corruptible. All waste away. Even human life itself. Therefore, they feel weary and burdened for those who are still lost in the world. They are weary from having labored so much to reach their generation. They have labored to serve and make their contribution as God has called them. They have toiled so laboriously for one reason only. The love of Christ constrained them to reach their generation. 2 Corinthians 5.14 tells us this. For the love of Christ controls us. Because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. The poor in spirit are those who approach the world as a child. All children are very, very precious in God, to, excuse me, to God and are, are given uh, angels to look over them. Matthew 18.10 says, see that you do not despise one of these little ones. See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my father who is in heaven. Oh, boy, can you imagine uh, that what God is telling you right there is that when you do something to a little child, his angel is in the face of God. Whew. Oh, man. So you, you, you approach life to this world as a child. Okay, and you're you don't you everything's exciting and new. You're you're you you're eager to please the father. A little child wants to please his father, and when he's not pleasing his father, he's sad. 
The poor in spirit receive forgiveness of sin and God's continued remembrance, the assurance that God will never forget. For I will be merciful to the to their unrighteousness and their sins, their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Hebrews chapter eight verse twelve. Hebrews chapter eight and verse twelve. And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Acts chapter two verse forty two. The poor in spirit receive the gift of life that is forever, the eternal fellowship with both God and the congregation of those who are poor in spirit. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come unto condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. John five twenty four, And I think I, and I read first John uh, one thirteen. Okay, now what we've got to understand, brothers and sisters, that we are blessed. Now, blessed, you know, again, blessed is 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 not being rich and not all of those worldly things. It, that's not what being blessed is. Blessed is spiritual joy and satisfaction. Excuse me, spiritual joy and satisfaction that lasts regardless of conditions that carries one through pain, sorrow, loss, and grief. So. Uh, uh, being blessed is not conditional. Being blessed goes through all conditions. Okay, it is. It is just. It is just a, a, a wonderful thing that God has been. He's been blessing us year after year. And and if we go to forty now, when we, now remember the beatitudes. In my opinion, are these instructions, and we must get these in order for us to be able to do the rest of the things that Jesus has called us, what God has called us to do through Jesus Christ. He says, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Mourn, to have a broken heart. It is the strongest word possible for mourning. It is like the deep mourning, mourning, you know, sad and, and wailing that occurs over the death of a loved one. It is sorrow, a desperate, helpless sorrow. It is a sorrow for sin, a broken heart over evil and suffering. It is the brokenness of self that comes from seeing Christ on the cross and realizing that our sins put him there. Note, now, notice this in John uh, 4 and 9. Um, excuse me, James 4 and 9. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Who is it that mourns? Well, we're going to touch base with that the next time we get together. Who is it that mourns? Who is it so full of grief that he cries and weeps and utters groanings deep from within? Okay, we're going to talk about that. I want you to uh, uh, bless, be, excuse me, be blessed. Uh, stay close to God. Stay in the Word. Study. Ask God to guide you and give you knowledge and wisdom and understanding. Stay safe out there. Don't be caught up in these lies and manipulation that the world is, is going to throw at you. Seek your instructions through the, through the Bible. Go to God. He says, come to me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Be safe on the highway out there, brother. God loves you. We love you. To my audience overseas, I love you. God bless you. And for those of you here in the United States, thank you, and I love you, and God bless you, too. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, you're my strength and my redeemer. Thank you, and God bless.